New Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Morning. Morning, Father and Sister. <laughs> I feel like I'm in classroom. Yeah. Good morning, Good Father morning. Nicholas, and God bless you. Welcome back to the You Disciple podcast. <laughs> We're Savannah. Sister Mary Helen. Uh, and you. And, and you. And I'm Father Nicholas. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, Easter tide is, is almost upon us. Alleluia, alleluia. How's your novena, the Holy Spirit, going? Yeah, it didn't go very well. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I'll just wait for all the gifts I'll share. If you tuned into this episode expecting it to be about novenas, you need to listen to last episode <laughs> where I made a very big uh, confession that I, I I suck at novenas. Mm. And, and I'm only good at this one. And is it going okay? <laughs> it's going brilliantly. So what? Uh, we're recording what, four <laughs> days before Pentecost, so That's you're halfway it. through. Mm-hmm. So It's all good. But it's the birthday of the church, Pentecost. The great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the end of the Easter season. It's mm-hmm. Have you been seeing all the leaves? We've been noticing all these beautiful leaves. And in the front of the cathedral, there's all these red ones. And it's a really strange kind of Pentecostal, all these little red flamey leaves flying around. We are so different. Okay. <laughs> no one's asking you <laughs> to clean them up. <laughs> I um, We had a mass a few weeks ago, the... Uh, the gospel of the the vine and the branches. Yes, and I had I I, I said in my homily like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's there's one thing that I just don't get, and that's gardens and plants and leaves, and it's just not me. But that's that uh, analogy of the Lord's really is clear to me because mm-hmm. I, I know that if you cut something off, uh, cut a rose, it is it's dying. Mm-hmm. No matter how beautiful it might be for a little while, it's dying. Yeah. So. I know a little bit about gardening. That's good. How to kill things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, so no, long, long answer. I haven't noticed the leaves okay. on the we'll ground. We'll go for an adventure. Okay. What about you, Savannah? Did you notice the leaves on the ground <laughs> at the front of the cathedral? No, not at the, the front of the cathedral, but I notice them more generally in other places. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Pentecost and it's the we celebrate the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church and that shift in in the story of salvation to the real movement of the church mm-hmm. and of each one of us as members of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just this, it's an outpouring, it's gift, and it puts the church at its beginning in uh, a disposition of receptivity. And that great promise of the Lord that we, although he, and we, we prayed this at the uh, Mass of the Ascension last weekend, although he is departing from us and going from our sight, he will send the advocate. Mm-hmm. And that we're not alone, we're not orphans, that that the Holy Spirit, which we've been speaking about for the last couple of weeks, um, is promised to us and is alive and active. Which links, I think, well, for me at least, directly into our theme for this week and hopefully over the next couple of weeks about the the great call of St. John Paul II to be saints mm. and of all the things that we we can thank him for um, through his ministry and his pontificate was this this great um, encouragement of young people uh, to be saints of the next millennium mm-hmm. and this real emphasis on 
the call to sanctity in our, our daily life. And it's something that can be achieved with the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's interested in it, clearly. <laughs> and in particular, I suppose we're looking over the next little while over some of those great saints that are there as examples for young people. Uh, and in particular for those who are preparing to go to World Youth Day, that one of the one of the great uh, attributes of World Youth Day is the the patron saints who are there as real encouragements for young pilgrims. Yeah, it's great. And they pick young people generally. Like, hey, look, this is possible. Not that, hey, you're also going to die at 24. No, no, but you, know, <laughs> you can be saints. These young people had were full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Look what God did with them. And for me as a young man, that call of sanctity in daily life and that call of the church to really strive for holiness was really countercultural. Like it's not something that our world will necessarily say to you mm. is that you can strive for holiness on a daily basis. You can you can rise above the the mediocrity and sort of just living for this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you if you set your your eyes and again, at the masses, the Ascension last weekend, there's that great line about uh, where the head has gone, the body is sure to follow. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if we believe that we're members of the body of Christ and that he is our head, that where he has gone, we too can go if, if, if we desire it. Yeah. And if we strive for it. Sounds good. And people before us have done it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the saints stand for us as, as great examples. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Okay, first letter of Peter. It's coming up in the readings. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to have an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. And if you're going to describe a saint, mm. that's a pretty good description, isn't it? I think so. That, w- that we look at their lives and go, why? Like, why? Yeah. And this hope, the virtue of hope, I think is so radical. That's what's so contagious. Someone walking around seeing hope. It just it moves people forward, and it's oh, like hope is needed now, perhaps more than than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think there is a there is a tendency to hopelessness mm-hmm. in our world, and there's an easy it's easy to give in to despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So someone, yeah, like someone like John Paul II, for example, who we had for thirty years as a you know very visible model of this. Um, you know, one of his biographies was called "Witness to Hope." He's exactly what he did. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a hope that's out of this world. Mm-hmm. That, that, that it is, and we've been talking about this over the last few weeks, it's a supernatural gift to receive it, but that it, 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 it can't be found mm. in, in this world. And that it is contagious. And we are talking about that last, on the last episode around the fact that um, you can see it in someone mm-hmm. when it's moving. Mm-hmm. And you should... 
it should prompt in you a question of what makes this person different. Yeah, that makes me think of um, the line from Space Alvey, from Benedict Sixteenth, actually, who says, you know, people who hope live differently. I think that's true. There's something like, what is it about this person? Why are they so different? And if we're talking about, like, being Catholic on campus, like, do your peers in your lectures and sort of in, in the public spaces and libraries, do they go, there's something different about about this kid? But not weird different. Good different, <laughs> like Aldi. <laughs> but it, it, it should be attractive. That's and right. And I think that is one of the things about the lives of the saints and in particular those saints who are picked as patrons for World Youth Day, that their lives, when you read them, are attractive. Like yeah. you want to imitate them. Yeah, so it's this whole like sanctity idea, do you want to be a saint, just sounds really vague until you run into one. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, that's what it looks like. And I think even in our own existence, and we don't want to canonise people that we know, but there are people that you encounter you, that you just go, what have you got? Like, mm. what what makes you such a nice person? Yeah, or you see it day in and day out. Like, they're real. There's someone who will not be named that I... <laughs> oh, she's going to talk about me now? No? <laughs> <laughs> six degrees of separation no no there was um no there's someone who in our one of the masses that we go to during the week and just a random parish mass and every week we just see we're always touched every time by his charity towards the person he's with like he just cares for someone who has needs and every week patient good positive it's so consistent so every time i see him i get spurred on to try and imitate that. But it's not sweetness either. Like it's not niceness. It's it's no. strong. Yep. <laughs> it's stronger than that. Mm-hmm. And it's I think one of the great things about the lives of the saints is that there's a few few fools and brigands and sort of odd bods in there. Like it's it's not the same. It, like it's not sometimes we can think of sanctity as being like piety and holiness but in reality it it looks different in the lives of different saints throughout history yeah well, piety and holiness are not that weird <laughs> <laughs> well no but uh, in in the yeah we have a weird like p- cookie cutter they're all just they never fell off the shelf or something or they just didn't do anything wrong it's different than people there were people who were completely engaged in their reality and made a mess and a good mess and I think the the great thing of the example of John Paul II of finding saints from all walks of life, mm. men, women, married, religious, priests, lay people, doctors, nurses, like it's not, there's not one way to sanctity. We, we are all called to it through our baptism and we can all, we can all find it in our, in our day-to-day life, mm. even if we smoke cigars. Oh, <laughs> you're looking at me, so Father. Why like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> we had a pre-episode discussion about how I don't mind a occasional cigar, which you share with the with the saint that we're going to talk about today. I, I do. Well, we are, and so one of our one of the patrons of World Youth Day is Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Um, feast day, the fourth of July, so it's coming up, and he's a really great example of this idea of sanctity not needing to be airbrushed mm. because he's one of these great saints where we actually have photographs of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like him and I like St. Therese of Lisieux because there's some great photos of St. Therese mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know if you know the story, but one of her sisters who joined the convent brought a camera. So there's a series of about, I think, 12 photos of life of the Carmelite monastery. But Pier Giorgio Frassati is the same, except depending on where you find the photos, some of them airbrush out a cigar in his hand mm. because it's not deemed saintly. <laughs> Silvana? <laughs> I like the images where the cigar's still there or the, the pipe, he's still smoking the pipe. Um, but I think I think saints, like each of us are unique, right? So every saint's life is going to be unique and our path to holiness is going to mirror the uniqueness of, of who we are, who God's created us to be. And I think um, the companions on our journey to heaven, like the saints kind of choose us like Mm. we don't often necessarily choose the saints that we want to walk alongside they often choose us um and we may not realize why until a few years later but i think it's that identifiable um element of sanctifying the ordinary which i think pia jojo did really well there's this really beautiful element of of faith and his daily life that was fused Mm. there wasn't a separation there Mm -hmm. and if you haven't read it saint john paul ii's uh homily from the can- uh, the beatification of Pier Giorgio gives you a really great insight into the the man the saint and that ordinariness of his his holiness and he really remarks that it's actually in in the ordinariness that it's it's the ordinariness of his life that makes him such a great example for for young people today and this is where I wish it was uh, not a podcast but you know youtube and so we can just put lots of video of pictures of him he's just so funny and he, i love the pictures of him because you can pick him out a mile away in the photo he's always the guy stirring up the fun laughing the loudest you know hitting some guy on the back you know there's a photo of him where he's dragging a massive big cask of wine yeah. and he's just always up to something it's fantastic and i've got a photo uh it's in my kitchen actually of him with about six friends yep. at a dinner party yes and he's wearing like a paper hat mm-hmm. like they've made it out of a piece of newspaper and yep. there's obviously wine glasses on the table mm-hmm. so again uh, showing that you can be holy and have fun, yeah, and that that real um, joy of his life was contagious for his friends. Yeah. One of the great stories is that he used to take friends hiking mm-hmm. so that he could get them to mass. Yes, so his that evangelical spirit in him was such that he would he would sneak mass in on his non-Catholic friends or his Catholic friends who had been away from the church for a little while. But he would do it in a way that would actually engage them where they were at. Mm -hmm. He was willing to sort of go hiking in order to then speak about faith. Yeah. Yeah, he was just very, very normal. And I think um, in John Paul II, in his homily, he just pulls out some of these pieces of... Of, of Pier Giorgio's life. And if you don't know his life, you probably just need to go read it. We're not going to go through all step by step. But just highlighting his virtues of he was a man, for example, even that, his his love for the outdoors. But for him, it was he one of his quotes, you know, to the heights, this, he was in love with the mountains. He And, and that takes effort. I'm just, I always just looking at him and then I'm thinking of the young people that I know or that I was uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, well, what, why was he so open to God? Well, he puts all this effort into going out and being 
in what God created um, in silence, just hiking up into the mountains and pushing himself and experiencing all of the, the elements. Um, but he was trying it. He was, it was a metaphor for his internal journey to the heights. And John Paul II points out that at the very heart of his life was a a life of deep prayer. Yeah. And so, and it was often hidden and unseen. Like he would spend the evenings in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And for those of you who don't know much about his life, his family wasn't practicing. Mm. He was, his father was a very influential uh, newspaper editor in Turin, was quite anti the church. Mm. And so, um, for Pier Giorgio, that journey to faith really was something that he had to drive himself mm-hmm. and keep hidden to a certain degree, but that didn't dissuade him. And that at the very core of everything else that happened in his life was a deep uh, personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so through the scriptures, through Eucharistic adoration, through, through a deep prayer life, he was really united and again, that's when we're talking about the saints and we're talking about holiness, it is that unity with the Father uh, through prayer that then spurred him on to, to be a man of great, great charity, great chastity and great apostolic zeal amongst his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just the confidence that he had to be that animator among his friends was coming from this deep place of he knew who he was and he knew that he wasn't alone you know even just one of his quotes he says you know Jesus is with me I have nothing to fear he was really a fearless person Um, so you're very stable when you have that foundation John Paul II says in him faith and daily events are harmoniously fused I thought you might like that part it's just it it was all (laughs) it was all together yeah it was just like there wasn't there wasn't uh, a spiritual side and a, a life side. There was no um, plural, plur, plural. Yeah, there was plurality. unity of life. Plurality, yeah. Plurality, yeah. <laughs> um, that it was it was all interlinked, and that because that was there, it then it overflowed from him mm. into the lives of his friends. Yeah, it was nothing forced because it was all real, mm-hmm. and that hope that supernatural hope that was there was contagious. Mm-hmm. He was also marked by great charity. He was a man who he was involved with the St. Vincent de Paul Society but uh, throughout um, and a number of other organisations, but it was, it was most remarkably noted at his funeral. Exactly. So, he, like, throughout his life, his parents used to know that he was... Uh, he was doing charitable works because he would come home without a coat. Yes. <laughs> or he would come home without shoes mm. because he'd been walking home and he'd given his really good clothes away mm. and his parents used to get really angry at him because he just kept giving stuff away. But it wasn't until the day of his funeral and there's photos of this where as his parents left the house to go to the church for his funeral, the poor of Turin, thousands and thousands of them lined the streets mm. and it was only after he had died that they were aware of the extent of the charity that he had lived his life with. You know, I was trying to think before this podcast of what are the f- my favourite things about him and one of them is that hiddenness of um, he was doing good works for God and and it was so hidden, even from the people who were in his own home. They had no idea. Um, probably some of his friends had no idea. All these, his poor, you know. And the other part of 
we we sort of give up pretty easily. Um, oh, it's too hard to find the poor and serve them because there's all this red tape, and so then we just get stuck. Well, think of the red tape between him and his level of society, very affluent, and the poor of his village, and he pushed through all those boundaries to get to the poor um, and and serve them. Um, and I thought, wow, just the purity of intention of what he was doing. And he has a little quote about the poor. He says, all around the sick and all around the poor, I see a special light which we do not have. Like he was seeking Christ in them and to serve Christ in them. But it was a really spiritual experience for him. And bringing Christ to them through his presence yeah. was enough. Yep. And I think that's the other thing. And we get this from all the saints who are marked by charity is that it wasn't necessarily about converting them. Mm. It was about by being Christ to them and that was enough for him. Mm. And St. John Paul II speaks about the fact that um, he sought in their places of suffering and marginalisation and he sought them in their suffering, marginalisation and isolation to help them feel the warmth of his human solidarity and the supernatural comfort of faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted, he found Christ in them, and by his very presence amongst them, he brought Christ to them. Yep. He was a man that was marked by great chastity as well, mm-hmm. and it's it's commented in his biography, and most notably in his biography, I always point out that it was written by his sister. Mm. And I'm like, if my sisters write so nicely about me after my death, um, <laughs> I, mi- I might have achieved sanctity. But that his sister writes his biography. But it's noted in that by multiple accounts that he was a man of incredible chastity. Um, but I always speak to uh, young young people, especially in the confessional around, the, that fundamental link between chastity and charity. Yes. That the great saints like Pierre Giorgio, who were marked by chastity, were also marked in their life by charity. Mm-hmm. Because they both have at their core the same virtue, love. Like, are we men and women of love mm-hmm. each and every day? Not just in little pockets of our life, mm-hmm. but in all the areas of our life. I think when we look at the Beatitude, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Like, it's that, that, um, that purity of heart that enables us to really see Christ in others. Mm. Um, and I think that that's the, the connection there. That's what that reminds me of. And, and Pierre Giorgio is known as the man of the Beatitudes. Mm. I, I like also that with that chastity and with the sort of self, self-denial and discipline that was part of his normal life, it didn't make him cold or rigid or aloof. He was a very warm person. And, that, and that's an incredible mark of, of true holiness it, it, he was a very balanced very well integrated person he didn't sort of amputate his his emotional life so he could be you know perfectly chaste he, he his chastity was a true virtue that that helped him love all people more not less and i think love comes to the very core of it if we had to ask the question what does our world need today more than anything else okay it needs needs faith it needs knowledge it needs intellect but it needs love Mm -hmm. like everyone in our world is crying out for love Mm -hmm. and if if you have experienced and know deeply the love of god in your own life Mm -hmm. you have a wonderful power to be a bearer of that love in the world today 
Yeah, I, it's making me think of the quote in here talks for, from the homily. He says, um, by his example, he proclaims that a life lived in Christ's spirit, the spirit of the Beatitudes, is blessed and that only the person who becomes a man or woman of the Beatitudes can succeed in communicating love and peace to others. It's, it's not a Band-Aid, it's not a T-shirt, um, it has to come from within. And blessed, I think, is that great word once again because it, it has that supernatural outlook. Mm. Uh, I think I quoted Arch, um, Bishop Elliot in the last podcast as well, but Bishop Elliot uh, said to us once as seminarians that the only word that he permitted us evident, because when we celebrate the liturgy, we're not allowed to add, subtract or change the words of the liturgy. Oh, I'm so glad he says that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, but except for one occasion. Uh-huh. And it's because our current translation in Australia of the Beatitudes in the scripture speaks about happy. Happy. <laughs> happy, happy are those who grieve. Happy are those who are sick. He's like, no one's happy when they <laughs> grieve. But it's because it's, he said it's the worst translation because the word is blessed. Mm. And that that points to this idea of eternal beatitude, mm. which is where we get the word beatification from. Mm. And so that whole idea of sanctity and being beatified mm. is about being blessed in the life to come and in this life because we are sharing in the life to come in this life. So you can be blessed in this life if you are sort of a man or woman of charity, man or woman of love. And that, St. John Paul II says, is the revolution that we need. Revolution of love. It's my great. It's my favorite line from the whole homily. He oh, tells, tell us. John, uh, he says, Pierre Giorgio Frassati testifies that holiness is possible for everyone, and that only a revolution of charity can enkindle the hope of a better future in the hearts of people. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. surely we all want to be revolutionaries. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been reading about the French Revolution. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, I want to be a revolution. So, come on, we 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 all want to we all want a, a battle to fight, mm. and I think th- there's something about that being being young, being passionate, being a believer. Like we all want to fight a battle. What battle are we fighting though? Mm-hmm. And John Paul II says, Pierre Giorgio Frassati teaches us that we can be revolutionaries of charity, mm-hmm. and we can enkindle a hope for a better future in the hearts of people. It's like. Oh, that's a good motto for life, isn't it? Yeah. Like, my life's battle, my, my fight is to enkindle hope for a better future in the lives of other people. Like, great. Amazing. If I, if I did that in a day, that would be, it'd be a good day, You'd wouldn't it? You'd be done, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so gosh. sanctity, it's for everyone. <laughs> isn't it? So it is. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. I love throwing to Savannah. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Any final thoughts on the life of Pierre Giorgio or the example he sets for us? I think um, how identifiable it is. Um, I think sometimes we can forget 
how blessed we are that we have the saints who have gone before us who um, have also walked the same life that we have (laughs) Um, and that they are like rooting for us really in heaven for um, and praying for us and and have our backs. So I think um, really calling on their intercession for um, to live this life of, of charity and holiness that might seem a struggle and yeah, it is <laughs> at times, um, but to really kind of rely upon their help um, and their guidance in that way. I have a random thought about Dante because we didn't mention him. <laughs> but but Pier Giorgio loved Dante. He'd sit in a tree and read Dante. So he was a very complete man. Engineer on one side, so great. poet on the other, mountain climber, you know. Cigar smoker. Yeah, well, he's just well he's the complete man. <laughs> and he's he's not unattractive. We're not in, we're not we're not promoting cigar smoking, by the way. <laughs> we're promoting like good friendship and good holy people, but I also recommend reading Dante. It worked for a Pier Giorgio. <laughs> <laughs> and many others. <laughs> That's your final thought. Yeah, let's read Dante. I'm going to read it next semester. You can join me. Yeah, I just, I love that if, if we want to be good at study, we get, a, we get a tutor. If we want to get fit, we get a trainer. If we want to... If we want to learn how to cook, we watch MasterChef. Like we, we, <laughs> we do it in all elements of our life. We, we look to people who have gone before us who have achieved what it is that we're striving to achieve and we, we rely on their example and their advice. And so in the spiritual life, we've, we've got the source, but we've also got these people who have gone before us, this great cloud of witnesses who we can call, in, call on and we can, we can seek to imitate and we can... We can, as you said, Silvana, um, we can continue to call on that they do the beauty of knowing that they are in heaven mm. is that they, they continue to intercede for us each and every day. So they're not um, sort of consigned to the pages of history, that mm. they, they're alive now in the community of saints and they continue to, they continue to uh, inspire us and yeah, yeah, pray for us. Be part of it. Yeah, so maybe we can ask him, what, what would you think would be the things he'd love to pray for for us good friendships good wine <laughs> study <laughs> study he could really, yeah he really charity with a few things yeah mm. that, that the young people of melbourne the young people of the world be so in love with the lord that that love um, overflow in in their daily lives and that they that they be marked by charity mm. that we be able to we, we see that revolution i want a revolution let's we're going to say, when did the revolution start? And we can say, today. May 2023. <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> a revolution of charity in this year, Melbourne. Sounds good. Love it. That's it for this week. Uh, good to see you, Sister Mary Helen. Yeah, good to see you, Father. Pick up your Dante, Savannah. I will. A little bit more yeah, Dante. Yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be great. And uh, keeping everyone in our prayers, uh, especially around study week and exam time. Mm-hmm. Until next time. God bless. Be good. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus.
You Disciple podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne. Oh, 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 oh